uh, went in the draft in the 16th round with the Tigers, pitched about 10, 11 seasons, various clubs, bounced around, did some international play. And I, I got to work with, you know, a veteran coach like a Dwayne Espy or a Ron Gideon, who are now major league, on our major league staff. Start looking at all the statistics and the saber metrics and the technology in the game. But at the end of the day, we're still coaching people. And, and if you can build build good people into it and you find some tools along the way, you're going to build the right clubhouse. And I think for me, that's that's how you're going to win championships. The culture within your organization starts from the people, not from the sabermetrics or the technology that we use. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm Season Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. On this episode, we sit down with Frank Gonzalez. Frank is a supervisor for player development for an affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad, here's Frank Gonzalez. Welcome back to the farm system. We're sitting down with Frank Gonzalez with the Colorado Rockies organization. Frank, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the farm system. Well, I appreciate you guys for having me, uh, uh, trying to get ready for our day here in Modesto, but I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, Frank, you know, a big reason we wanted to have you on is obviously you have some interesting perspective when it comes to player development. You guys obviously are a high-level organization, and um, we're just interested in uh, systematic approaches that you guys use to develop your players, and we think that you can provide some great insight for our listeners. I'd be happy to. Yeah, we, um, we, we take pride in, obviously, development. We're a development organization. You know, we're not really known for going out and getting, you know, big-dollar free agents, but we have spent a little money this year. And, but at the end of the day, I mean, making, making sure we develop from within is really what we're all about. Yeah, that's awesome. Kind of before we jump into some of those approaches to development, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey that the game of baseball has taken you on? Sure, that'd be great. Um, you know, this thing um, kind of started out, I guess, in high school. You, you get into high school and you think about playing collegially, and I think that was my ultimate goal was to play college baseball and went to Colorado State University. Um, was just an okay college pitcher, you know, a lot of a lot of projection, I guess. Good arm, good arm from the left side. And, you know, I kind of caught the eye of a of a Detroit Tiger scout at one point during that spring season of '89, and and uh, went in the draft in the 16th round with the Tigers. Pitched about 10, 11 seasons, various clubs, bounced around, did some international play, and and then decided to go home and uh, be part of, of raising my boys. And, and as you guys know, I've got a couple kids, Marco and Alex, uh, both of them ball players. And uh, always stayed current in baseball, coached at the, uh, you know, kind of kid level, I guess, or amateur level, and did some high school collegiate things, uh, co- coached the Colorado State Club baseball team, had a lot of success there, and a lot of fun being around the game, even even as an amateur coach. And, you know, it always in the back of my mind to get back into, get into the game and sent out a few resumes in 2000, late 2012, and 
and and early 2013 I was I was hired on with the Rockies. So it's been a kind of a journey to get back in, but uh, excited about this opportunity and 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 being part of the game at you know at this level and and being a pitching guy was interesting early. You know I, that's really my forte, and then they asked me to manage, and now on the developmental supervisor side, it's uh, it's a whole different deal and. It's really been gracious. You know, the Rockies have been gracious to give me opportunities to see really all aspects of how the how the game is is used to to develop future major leaguers, and that's really what what it's all about. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, walking into my spider web right there, can you talk a little bit through the Rockies' like systematic approach for player development at each of each of the levels? Sure. I think you know the whole thing starts with scouting, obviously, and you know we. We've got a you know a big scouting group of guys that, that go out all over the country internationally as well and uh, try and put the best guys in our system um, you know the, the way we hire from within you know not not putting words into Jeff's or or Zach Wilson's mouth but really trying to find the best guys to develop at the, at the lower levels and take your time to give guys the opportunity to to enjoy the game at the same time learn it the right way play it the right way and have some absolutes, you know, the way you run the bases, you know, the basic plays have to be made. Pitchers have to be able to command the strike zone at the end of the day, and we're looking for hitters to to drive the baseball to all fields. And, and if we can figure out a way to get guys to play the game the right way that way, we may end up with a guy who can who can play at the next level and get, get to double-A and triple-A. And I think once you're there, you know, there's a chance for you to play in the big leagues. And, um, you know, we really try and keep track of everything that guy does well the things that they need to improve on daily and, and then visit with them, you know, on a monthly type basis to, to review those, those absolutes for sure. Yeah. I like that. You mentioned how you bounced around kind of worn a couple different hats within the Rocky system. What's that biggest challenge been like going from the pitching coach to manager to now the supervisor development? <clears throat> well, pitching guy, you know, the pitching coach gig, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it was comfortable. Um, I think they saw that it was easy for me. Early on, um, I, I got to work with, you know, a veteran coach like a Dwayne Espy or a Ron Gideon who are now major league on our major league staff. And I think both of them were uh, were part of, you know, the reason why where I'm at now is, is they saw that I handled the game. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't freaking out about much, uh, really communicate with the guys and, and trying to communicate with staff and office as needed. But, um, you know, being able to, to be uh, – in a position where they ask you to manage, you know, at first you kind of take a big gulp and start to think, gosh, that's on me. And so that was a challenge to, to go from pitching coach to manager and, and realize that there's a lot of other things that you have to do on the management side from the organization of the daily calendar to, to coordinating with staff, to communicating with players, lineups, running third base, and then ultimately uh, bringing pitchers in and out of the game. I mean, there's a lot on your plate. So got through that a few years did, did three years of that love it absolutely love managing uh, I think and definitely I'd love to get back to that um, but we'll just kind of see how this path works and and the supervisory role I mean I really stay on the field with the guys I'm here every day working all aspects you know from from helping my manager with infield work to, to overseeing the outfielders with my hitting coach and, and obviously I'm in I'm embedded with the pitching side and, and I have a great pitching coach Dave Burba but but we work it together and it's been great being able to, to be involved in all parts of the game here you know, with the with the Jetawks this year as a supervisor. So, Frank, as the supervisor of development, um, can you open up to – do you bounce from different levels or do you stay at one level specifically? Or what does that look like? Well, with the Rockies, we're unique. Uh, we've got some roving-type 
coaches, coordinators that bounce around and, and do see all levels and all affiliates. But the supervisory spot, we've got a supervisor each of our rookie levels between Boise, Grand Junction, Asheville, and here in Lancaster. So um, we do stay at our affiliate the whole year. So I don't bounce around at all. I stay with these guys. I really have eyes on them. Um, instead of having someone in coming and taking a, you know, a small look at a guy or, or I guess a team for two or three days and it's really a small sample of what we are and having somebody here looking at it every day from, you know, from afar at times. And, and I, I spend a lot of time in the dugout. I do spend some time in the stands. Um, it gives you that perspective that sometimes you need to report back to the office when we decide to move a guy either way. So it's here it's here every day and, and it's part of the club so it, it's a nice it's a nice feeling to to be able to see guys hands-on and then and then really know what they can do um on the uh on the things they do well and things they need to work on awesome well you know specifically over the last five years you know baseball has definitely uh, taken a turn what have you seen you know changes in player development on that side of the game yeah i agree it's you know i think communication is number one um I can tell you when I played, you kind of just hoped that people liked you and that you were doing good enough to to impress somebody to move to the next level. And I think now, I mean, there's a lot of hands-on. Um, this is what you have. This is where you're at. This is where we see you. Um, these are the three or four things you need to work on every day to get better. Um, you know, the attributes that you bring to the table is what got you here. Let's hold on to those. And, and But we do need to improve in these areas. And I think, you know, giving, giving guys a little bit of a map, I think it really helps to get them to their highest level possible. Not everybody's going to be a big leaguer. We know that, but there are a bunch of guys who can turn into at least guys who can help on a part-time basis at the major league level. And then there'll be some guys that'll be everyday major league players. You know, occasionally we run into that, that seven, six, seven type, you know, all-star type player. And, and, and it's really cool to see that guy turn into to a big time player, like a Nolan Arenado, um, Charlie Blackman, you know, Trevor story. Those are some name a few guys that we've, we've had from start that, that have turned into those types of players. So it just depends on what, what a guy ends up being, but we want everybody to become the best they can possibly be. And I think communication and really having a map has helped. Yeah. I really like how you touched on kind of creating that map for them, kind of building off that. You talked about your two boys, uh, Alex and Marco. Um, what has that experience been like watching Marco excel from high school to Gonzaga to now throwing for the Mariners? You know, it's funny. I, I think I've told this story a lot of times over the years, and I think I told guys, you know, said, "Hey, this this kid at 12, 13 had a had a fastball command, and he had a changeup he could throw for strikes in any count." And I thought, God, if he ever throws the ball above 90, he might he might be a guy. And I just didn't know how hard he threw. He was always a smaller guy on the team. He hit in the eight nine hole growing up, and and then he kind of grew a little bit. And by the time he was a junior senior, he had a 175, 180 pound kid with a pretty live arm, and you know, just just watching him develop into that pitcher that can challenge major league hitters. Um, you know, five six years ago, he wasn't ready for that. He was ready to compete and 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 face higher level guys. But really, to be rushed to the big leagues the way he was with the Cardinals, in my opinion, it, it didn't give much chance to learn his craft the way he needed to. And I think now you're starting to see, you know, somebody who's really really starting to learn who he is and, and pitch at the major league level. Um, working all his pitches and, and is able to to compete um to get to get big league hitters out and uh it's just been neat to watch him develop into a major league pitcher 
That's awesome. Well, you know, and another thing too, I wanted to kind of dig back into uh, the question before you kind of talked about the mapping um, as when players come in, you guys obviously from the scouting perspective, have an idea of who, you know, what, what player type they're going to be like, and then kind of make up a mapping system of how you see they, they see their projectability. Is that how that works? Or can you kind of open that up for us? Sure. Yeah, no, I think you're right on it. I think, you know, we scouts always use the comparables. They look at a guy and go, guy, he reminds me of a, you know, a, a Troy Tulowitzki, or he reminds me of a, you know, a, a Jeter type, or, you know, you kind of figure out what type of arm he is. You know, this guy could be the next Kershaw. Those would be great gets for sure, but not everybody's those guys. And we try and figure out, you know, what, what type of player they're going to be, where they profile best, you know, is a third baseman that, you know, corner guy's got to hit a little bit and, you know, show some arm and, you know, same thing in the outfield. And, you know, we got to have speed for, for our middle and center fielder types. And, you know, is this an offensive catcher? Is it a guy who can catch and throw only? So all those things come into play. But, you know, you give them a month, you know, a couple months, and, and you start to, you know, see where they're at and, and their attributes that, that got them in, especially, for, you know, first year in, in rookie ball. We're not going to bring a guy in and change it much in the first month or even two months. We're going to give him a chance to settle in, watch what he does well, uh, out of respect to him and the scout that signed him, why we signed him. And then we'll figure out the things that he needs to work on. And, and then that's when the mapping starts. And that's when the meetings start to, to really lay out on paper, you know, the tools that he has that we need to keep and the, and the things that we need to improve on. Um, once we see him, I think on a monthly basis, we, we continue to meet with each of those guys. So that's it's very valuable for the player. Yeah, I love that. Um, now, when you – when, you know, with all this years of experience in the game, is there anything that you've changed recently? Is there anything that you've learned or reemphasized within, you know, uh, the last couple months or so or something like that? You know, I think for me, the patience piece is something that I've really, you know, acquired in the last two or three years. And, and definitely, you know, in the last year, you know, just slowing it down, um, knowing that, you know, results aren't always the most important part it's the gradual progression of, of being able to trust the process of how we're going about it every day. And I think, you know, slowing things down for myself that carries over to the player, the staff sees that, you know, I don't get caught up a whole lot. I'm not going to be that manager you're going to see or, or anybody in the dugout that's going to shake their head or throw a cap and maybe at an umpire occasionally, but, <laughs> but never to show up a player. And, uh, you know, I just, I just think that that's, a, that's an asset that I have. A lot, of, a lot of coaches don't have that little bit of emotions on the sleeve at times. You're never going to see that kind of emotion from me on a player's actions or, or inability to make a play or error or, or a pitcher struggling. I'm just going just to give them the calm look, you know, either, either help them, take them out, um, give them an opportunity to, to work on it the next day and move forward. But really, patience and, and trust in the process is where, I think I've changed the most in the last in the last year, last month, and last few years for sure. I love that how you touched on on the process orientation. Um, we had Taylor Snyder on from your guys' system, and um, he, he noted on that process several times. Uh, my question to you is how do you how do you get those young players to understand it's not all about results in those lower levels because sometimes it's it can be feast or famine. You know, if you don't produce, you're you might be cut pretty soon. Yeah, I think, you know, everybody gets caught up in the statistics. And, um, you know, I think hard-hit baseball is, from a hitter's perspective, you know, making the routine plays and, and really going about it that way. 
showing up every day with the right attitude, the right body language, the right, you know, the right kind of teammate. Um, those things, you know, people have forgotten about a lot of that. And I think we start looking at all the statistics and the saver metrics and the technology in the game. But at the end of the day, we're still coaching people. And, and if you can build build good people into it and you find some tools along the way, you're going to build the right clubhouse. And I think for me, that's that's how you're going to win championships for for a longer period of time. And that's how you're going to have longevity. And that's how you can build character. And the culture within your organization starts from the people, not from the saber metrics or the technology that we use. Love it. So, you know, now that, you know, you've been around the game for so long, you're in the game right now, where do you think the game's headed next? Do you think, where do you see it going? Um, You know, do you like it? Do you disagree with it? Is there some things you'd wish to be emphasized more? What's your thoughts on all that? Well, you know, I think there's going to be a mix of, I think there's youth in the game. Um, I think you can look at the major league numbers now and, and say that the major leagues is probably as young as it's been in a long time. And that being said, you better have some staff and some personnel that can handle that kind of player. Um, the kind of player we have today is, you know, I don't care if you walk into an A-ball club or a big league club, you're going to have people sitting at their, at their chair, probably looking at a phone. And, um, you know, there's a lot of coaches maybe that have been around a while that don't get that part. Um, so I think you got to be able to accommodate and be able to adjust from a coaching perspective. And then there's players that need to figure out how to adjust to be able to play every day without those types of amenities and be able to put that thing down and, and be able to focus and, and find time to use the technologies that are going to allow you to become a better player. So I think there's a balance of coaching and players that, that is going to continue to change the way we, we work with each other. And I think, you know, it's challenging for, for some staff. I've heard some things over the years from various organizations that, a lot of a lot of veteran staff that's out there, you know, is still having is having trouble as we as we even get further further along here. The youth of the of the game, it's it's hard to correlate with with some of the veteran staff. So, I think as a staff member and as a player, we got to figure out how to make that gap a little easier. So, at the end of the day, our objective is to become the best major league player we can be uh, on the field on a daily basis. Yeah, I like that. I think one thing you touched on is, is the youth coming up in the game of baseball. Another trend happening is a lot of great young coaches um, moving into the realm. What kind of resources or suggestions would you suggest for some of those young coaches to turn to in terms of their uh, coaching development? Well, you just got to keep doing it. You know, there's guys that are out there that have played, as you guys know, it. you know, getting into the professional ranks as a coach, it's probably going to take some experience, um, at least at the independent level, if not, you know, at least played a few years in the minor leagues, and I think that's a, a good requisite. But there are coaches that have coached collegiately now that are in that are in minor league baseball. There may be a couple coaches in the big leagues that that only coach at the at the collegiate level and never played professionally. And so, once again, I think everybody's looking for the right kind of person. Um, I think you're looking for people that have, you know, the right type of passion and, and obviously have a skill set that that, are, that is going to allow them to uh, to teach. And I think teaching is is a big part of the game that, that we can't overlook. Um, teaching is is a big part of is what's going to allow development within your organization and the culture and the way you communicate. So good people, good teachers, uh, I think that's a big part of becoming, you know, the right kind of coach and getting opportunities in the game. 
It's awesome. Well, Frank, you know, we really appreciate you jumping on with us. We know that schedule can get relentless and uh, you guys are on a time crunch, but we really appreciate you jumping on with us and taking a couple minutes. I appreciate it, fellas. You guys have a good day and good luck with the show. This call takeaway is brought to you by Quality at Bats. Don't forget to visit qualityatbats.com to further your mental approach to the game. Man, Frank shared some great insights into what allows the Rockies to, to develop and consistently develop guys to be major league ready. What was your biggest takeaway, Joey? I think my biggest takeaway is just how important the individual levels are and then how important the initial scouting is. Uh, as you know, you heard him talk through is the mapping and kind of where they project guys to be. Um, it, it's really about, you know, and I, we talked about that in the last episode of having a developmental plan of where somebody's heading um, and figuring out, you know, what areas they need to focus on and then sticking to that plan. Cause you know, obviously in end season, you know, you can get off track. You can start thinking about how do we develop now? I mean, how do we get them to produce now instead of sticking to what's going to get them to the big league. So I think that map is very important in the very beginning. How about you, Bo? Yeah, I'm just kind of building off yours. I think it's all about development. You know, I think I really enjoyed how he talked about switching a player's mindset to understanding it's a process, um, especially with all the analytics everything else involved in the game today uh, we get caught up in stats and and all this stuff that can kind of inhibit players from really reaching their full potential so um, I loved how we talked about the development and and switching to that process mindset yeah absolutely well guys as always you know it's it this is a great episode to share. Um, again, if you're thinking through some insight on what, what we're doing at the lower levels of how we're developing guys, what the, what the systematic approach is, how we set up a mapping system or of development for our players, this is a great way to kind of get some insight on that. As always, guys, a great thing for you guys to do for us. If you guys could like, share, and also comment, uh, leave, leave ratings, all those things on, on iTunes, on, on social media. That's a big help for us. That's the golden rule of podcasting. We love it, and it helps other coaches find us on iTunes. It helps other people share the develop, development and get us all better. But until next time, Farm System out.